Glib Liberals, Reading Leviticus, in Tory Times, Fall of 2018, the third week, starting in chapter 11. Yahweh spoke to Moshe and to Aharon, saying to them, Speak to the children of Israel, saying to them, these are the living creatures that you may eat from all the domestic animals that are upon the earth. Anyone having a hoof, cleaving a cleft in its hooves, bringing up the cud among the animals, that one you may eat. <clears throat> However, these you are not to eat. From those bringing up the cud or from those having a hoof, the camel, for it brings up the cud, but a hoof it does not have. It is tamai for you. The hyrax, for it brings up the cud, but a hoof it does not have. It is tamai for you. The hare, for it brings up the cud, but a hoof it does not have. It is tamai for you. The pig, for it has a hoof and cleaves a cleft in the hoof. But, as for it, the cud, it does not chew up. It is tamai for you. From their flesh you are not to eat. Their carcasses you are not to touch. They are tamai for you. These you may eat from all that are in the water. Anyone that has fins and scales in the water, whether in the seas or in the streams, them you may eat. But anyone that does not have fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the streams, from all swarming things in the water, from all living things that are in the water, they are detestable things for you. And they shall remain detestable things for you. From their flesh, you are not to eat, the very carcasses you are to detest. Anyone that does not have fins and scales in the water, it is a detestable thing for you. Now these you are to hold detestable from fowl. They are not to be eaten, they are detestable things. The eagle, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, and the falcon according to its kind, every raven according to its kind, the desert owl, the screech owl, the seagull, the hawk according to its kind, the little owl, the cormorant, the great owl, the barn owl, the pelican, the Egyptian vulture, the stork, the heron according to its kind, the hoopoe and the bat, any flying, swarming creature that goes about on all fours, it is a detestable thing for you. However, these you may eat from any flying, swarming creature that goes about on all fours, those that have jointed legs above their feet with which to leap on the earth. As for these, from them you may eat the locust according to its kind, the bald locust according to its kind, the cricket, according to its kind, the grasshopper, according to its kind, but every other flying, swarming creature, 
that has four legs. It is a detestable thing for you. Now from these you can become Tamai. Whoever touches their carcass shall be Tamai until sunset. Whoever carries any part of their carcass is to scrub his garments and remain Tamai until sunset. Every animal that divides a divided hoof, but cleaving does not cleave it through, and its cud does not bring up. They are Tamai for you. Whoever touches them is Tamai. And anyone that goes about on its paws, among all animals that go about on all fours, they are Tamai for you. Whoever touches their carcass is Tamai until sunset. One who carries their carcass is to scrub one's garments and be Tamai until sunset. They are Tamai for you. Now these are for you the ones Tamai among the swarming creatures that swarm on the earth. The weasel, the mouse, the great lizard, according to its kind, the gecko, the monitor, the lizard, the sand lizard, the chameleon. These are the ones Tamai for you among all the swarming creatures. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be Tamai until sunset. Anything upon which one of them should fall when they are dead shall be Tamai, whether any vessel of wood or cloth or skin or sackcloth, any vessel that can be used in work, it is to be put through water. It remains Tamai until sunset, then it is pure. And regarding any earthen vessel, into which one of them falls within it, everything within it shall be Tamai. And it, you are to break it. As for any food that might be eaten, should water come in contact with it, it shall be Tamai. And any beverage that might be drunk, if in any vessel, it shall be Tamai. Anything else on which their carcass falls shall be Tamai. An oven or a two-pot stove is to be demolished. They are Tamai. They shall remain Tamai for you. However, a spring or a cistern for gathering water shall remain pure. But one who touches their carcass shall be Tamai. Now if part of their carcass falls upon any sowing seed that is to be sown, it remains pure. But if water is put on the seed and part of their carcass falls on it, it is Tamai for you. And if there should die one of the animals that are permitted to you for eating, one who touches its carcass shall remain to my until sunset. One who eats from its carcass is to scrub his garments, remaining to my until sunset. One who carries its carcass is to scrub his garments, remaining to my until sunset. Any swarming creature that swarms upon the earth, it is a detestable thing, it is not to be eaten. Anything going about on its belly, anything going about on all fours, up to anything with many legs, among all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, you are not to eat them, for they are detestable things. Do not make yourselves detestable through any swarming thing that swarms. You are not to make yourselves tamai through them, becoming tamai through them. For I, Yahweh, am your God. You are to hallow yourselves and be holy, for holy am I. You are not to make yourselves Tamai, 
through any swarming creature that crawls upon the earth. For I am Yahweh, the one bringing you up from the land of Egypt to be God to you. You are to be holy, for holy am I. This is the instruction for animals, fowl, and all the living beings that stir in the water, all the beings that swarm upon the earth, that there may be separation between the Tamai and the pure, between the living creatures that may be eaten and the living creatures that you are not to eat. So ends chapter 11. Edible, untouchable. Leviticus 11. We're changing gears now toward purity, drawing the lines between clean and unclean. Here begin the dietary laws of kosher kitchens. This runs beyond the exceptional treatment of sacrifices to be eaten by specified persons under specified circumstances. What follows here are temporary restrictions for all and foods designated as unclean prohibited unconditionally. Not just pigs, but the entire range of creatures on land in water or flying in the air are categorized as kosher or not. How do you feel about eating bugs or infested groceries? Food is kasher or kosher and terafa or trife or torn according to Talmud and traditions. Complex dietary practices can be reduced to public health and quaint anthropological custom. That's another commonplace of us glib liberals. It would be better to engage this possibility of discipline and conscious restraint on consumption, seeking balance in right relations with stuff, people, creation, God, in a divine ecology that might respect these traditions and our conservative co-religionists. Google Sarah Coakley, an accessible scholar reclaiming ancient Christian asceticism, primarily in relation to sexuality and gender, but extending to all our appetites and excesses. This chapter starts with unconditional prohibitions of some kinds of animals, fish, birds, and insects. It's paralleled in Deuteronomy 14. You'll recognize some. Pigs, fish without scales, selfish rodents, insects. It seems deceptively familiar to some of our own taboos, but it is more and less than such subjectivities. Think about your tastes and those of some little children you know. The chapter continues by rules about defilement, by contact with the unclean, such as touching carcasses of unclean animals in disposing of them. It seems deceptively familiar, similar to infection control practices, to avoid contamination by contagious diseases. And yet, again, it is more and less than those modern scientific protocols. In the language of psychotherapies, we're talking about boundaries and boundary violations. Get the apart and be holy is at best aspirational for anyone other than a stylite 
sitting on top of a column, or a cenobitic monastic in a cave, living in isolation. Rabbinic wisdom in Talmud associates these mediating norms with intelligent choice, self-control, restraint, discipling our natural appetites, which governs the other, appetite and impulsivity, mind and will. Is it possible that our popularized empiricism distorts what David Hume meant about reason alone being a slave of the passions? Does the behavioral economics of Kahneman ring truer to you than the older utilitarian assumptions of economists? Metaphors of getting something on you, of electrical charge, of ragged and mended, only begin to allude to the underlying concepts of ritual purity, which is associated with ethical morality, but is, again, both much narrower and far wider. What is it that bugs you, that rubs your fur wrong ways? This visceral response is worth more attention, not only to repress and suppress it,